0: Welcome to Homebox You. it's uh, episode 10. And we have Bello today to continue our journey to the deep learning. Today, we're gonna talk about uh, chat and uh, NLP and uh, to the generative AI and how it will shape the future. So, today we have Bello. Welcome Bello. Hey, you
1: How's it going?
0: Yeah, it's all good. How about you? i'm
1: good
0: yeah. yeah yeah great great and uh uh today we'll continue about this so let's i think let's start with the uh, chat gdp right it's uh everyone everyone start you using it for this month this it's quite helpful yeah. yeah could you give us a overview of it and uh, how, how how it's like okay um so basically i think so people i
1: think a lot of people um do not try to define what um what it is so i think as first of all i would like to start with like a brief definition of what chat gpt is and so gpt is a is an acronym for generative pre-trained transformer which yeah. is um it's a family of language models that is developed by open ai so open is a is, a, is, a, is a is an ai company uh, basically for the name open ai and so, the, so it, GPT is part of the models, uh, language models that we've developed. Now these dev, models are based on what's called the transformer architecture, which is a type of deep learning neural network. And over time it has proven its efficiency or effectiveness for, for NLP, which is natural language processing tasks. Now the GPT models are sort of designed in a way to generate coherence And you know uh, how they experience contextual and relevant text based off on the inputs that they get. So they are pre-trained on like a chunk, you know, large chunk of of data. Now it depends on is it text data, is it image data, whatever the data is. And so they're trained on this large chunk, and then. Context to the chunk they're trained on. So, if it's data text, for example, like the GPT is based on off on large portion of, um, well, at least the GPT three is based off on a large um, sum of text data. And so, part of the things that it's um, trained to do is to learn grammar. You know, to learn semantics. Um, you know, also trying to identify some um, some linguistic patterns to it. So and then at the end of the day, the whole concept is to make it able to, to 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 execute tasks such as text completion, you know, generation, translation, and stuff like that. Uh so that is um basically what's if I would say the basic definition of chat GPT, right? Um yeah. so what is what is what is so you know in, a, in a, what is chat GPT, like in the broader context. So it's it the whole concept is to you know have this to have a I don't know want to use the word sentient so in a way that uh, in a an artificial body that is smart to some level, which is its ability its ability to to communicate with humans, basically. Without the ones and zeros, so it's just given. The, it's given voice to machines. So I, I think that that's the long term goal of um, the Chat GPT. So uh, and it's and so Chat basically it's a it's the implementation of what, so as I've said, the implementation of all those uh, transformer model now to sort of give the human feel. And so you have a feeling that you're talking to a human without, um, talking, uh, in, in rep, in exchange to talking to a computer. So you're not, you don't feel like you're talking to a, an emotionless, um, thing or more of you talking to something that that can respond and probably give you context and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I've been blabbing a lot, so I don't know if that answers some of the questions
0: yeah it is great thank you it's um, so since after uh, chat uh released how how did you use it and uh, how it changed change the life uh, we can say even it's a revolution for the uh, conversations the text based conversations could you yes
1: yeah, yeah. so so firstly i think i cannot remember when i started using chat gpt right? Like so I, I somehow i sort of give myself an accolade for being part of the first people to to jump on the on the, on the on the chat GPT three. Um and so in a way to and then it was just in an an attempt to uh just experiment to the limitations of so I've I've tried a lot of things in I've tried to see if you could write code um and other other tasks as well but but personally i've used it for different um use cases Uh, so and, and over time the way i've used it has changed um so having to understand that it's so it's um it's you have though it is trained you can also Train it in a way that you want it to answer some questions. So you have to give it, say, for example, an opener, you'd have to give it context, you have to give it some limitations, and, and but but I think that's like maybe a bit advanced use cases for, for the GPT, but for more effective um output and sort of to avoid hallucinations. And I think the last time we talked about hallucinations, where is basically falsified information that the models generates because it's, it thinks it does not know that it shouldn't give, you know, some of this data. So it's called, it's not a lie in a sense, but it replicates some data out of the information it has. So, so, so one of the ways to effectively use this, um, GPT will be to, to, you know, to give it limitations. You, you wouldn't want it to cross a certain line. You want to give it context. You want to give it. So you you've just basically feed it um, information, right? Personally, I like to personalize in a way um, it has sort of revolutionized some of the so the effectiveness of some of the things I do. So, for example, in terms of um, I'm writing, uh, which I which I do sort of in a part time basis, um, it gives you. So there are things that are sort of redundant and basically they are repetitive and those tasks are things you would not want to always keep on writing but as well it is it is a it is something you want to have ability to to change and making it not make, so in a way that it it doesn't become something you do in a particular way all the time so i think one of the ways that this has revolutionized my own personal use of this in terms of, um, writing is the ability that I have right now or currently to just, you know, to have a way that it gives, it writes things for me in a way that I have more time to think of the creativity of it and less time on the, on the filler words that I like to call them. But in a more general um, sense, it's, um, I think it has revolutionized in a way that it has now that there's a move from, from the rule-based chatbots, right, which basically were, where developers come in the right pre-assumed texts. And so, for example, if you are, let's say, chatting to a, and then, or what I would call a pre free chat GPT um, chatbots will something, it will look, it will be some defined, there will be already defined answers for you. So, so those answers are predefined responses. It's it, it looks automated, but in a way it's semi-automated. It has someone that does that, right? Now yeah. in this shift, it means that those chatbots, For example, I've been trained in a way that they are supposed to give a response that is within the framework of, for example, if you're talking to a customer agent within, let's say, for example, a a healthcare system, it will answer you based off on the things that, well, it has been trained to do, of course, but then it will answer you not based off on predetermined answers, but based off on questions you're asking it and sort of direct you to what's the end goal that, um, for example, those um the the training that it has well the one wanted you to get to yeah i think yeah let, let me let me let me stop making a lot of noise
0: What? what is this uh, in the background <laughs> or this still- okay i think
1: is it still making the noise i don't know
0: Probably yeah it's okay it's okay yeah, ChatGDP is uh, quite quite re- revolutionary. And uh, what what is your most use case of, of ChatGPT? You use most for while.
1: Oh well, I, I I think I've used uh, so I think it has a lot to do with code and sort of maybe i um, debugging in like coding. So I think that's. That would be the first thing. And then the second thing would be, I've used it more for, for, for writing. Yes, so maybe not. Or generating concept for writing. Yeah, so writing basically, writing and coding, those are like, I think that goes hand in hand for how I've used it over time.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a cool. Me too, I, I use this for writing also, and also I use a lot for translation. I think it's it's a translation. You can you can even ask for a different style of translation. Oh, how many translate yeah. this in a in a formal way? In a in a in yeah in a fr- more friendly way? Or yeah yeah, yeah. this is uh, much better. It's uh, also yeah. Although, you although
1: can, I was currently reading, um, I think the studies on on the GPT four and three. I think three, um, where. Uh, I think it's a thesis on a phd um, program where the argument is because it's a large um, it's a mod it's a language model. It has limitations to when it comes to things a bit technical so that hence why you see a lot of inconsistencies or incoherencies whilst writing code so someone or or mathematical computations so it finds so there was this basic, I think it was basic multiplication where it was supposed to give an answer of uh i think eight points Uh, i can't remember the other decimals but it was supposed to give it doesn't give an accurate decimal where it's a basic basic calculator can just basically type that and you get an accurate number but because it's a language model it basically just reads text um it does not fully understand um, mathematical computation because that's not what it's trained to do it's trained largely based off on language model so if for example someone that is using it for coding would of course it will give you an overview based off on it has been trained on on the language of, of coding but of course it will give you some technical inconsistencies because of the the nature of it so i just thought i should let that out
0: yeah it is so uh when let, let's go in a little bit back the 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 uh, the, the, the back te- te- technology that HGTP used that's uh, yeah. it's uh actually if originally it's uh, it's uh, belong to NLP, right neutral yeah. language processing and uh, what is yeah. NLP? I I think it's a so, major yeah so
1: yeah come so, on uh, <laughs> Uh, so, okay. So basically, NLPs means natural language processing or processors, systems, right? And these are technologies that are meant to enable computers and machines to understand, interpret, and generate human language in a way that is both meaningful and useful. Right. So NLP systems um, use a combination of linguistics computer science, uh, machine learning to to analyze and respond to human language. So basically the focus of NLP is for for human language specifically, which would then allow them to perform tasks like uh, human translation, you know, sentiment analysis, which is basically to understand the the sentiments or the emotions attached to texts, right? Uh, Things like speech, speech recognition and more. Um, so these systems have been instrumental in like trying to improve the interaction between human and machines. So that's the whole um, background for what NLPs are. So now NLPs, on their own, are a subfield of machine learning, and basically it uses it utilizes what's called deep learning, which are techniques to achieve these goals. Uh, but we, we'd have to understand that uh, machine learning is a very broad term, so it, it houses a lot of things. Uh, and then, so one of these is to develop algorithms and models that would enable computers to learn from data and then improve their performances on specific tasks. So if they learn new thing today, the, the machine would now integrate that, it probably permute, permute that possibility in different Permutations, where it can now do a task that it has been trained to more effectively the other day. So that's the point of the, um, the algorithm. Um, so basically, the point of the NLP is to specifically deal with the challenges of, you know, the challenge between human machine. So that's so where there's a smooth sort of lining between them. Um, in context to deep learning with NLP, um, it has, you know, sort of given that ability to, where there's, the, uh, where now these models understand to some level, probably in the 90s. So like, what I mean by 90s are like 90%, probably 95%, right? So these models understand up to like 95% and generate human language effectively so and, and so this has given birth to things like google translate basically so and, and in general what we'd call language translation uh things like text generation um and other stuff related to that so yeah
0: yeah so uh in the NLP, it's a uh, what is the uh, most most uh, challenging stuff
1: Okay. Uh, so in terms of, I, am trying to put a context to your question. How do you mean most challenging?
0: It's, um, it's, uh, for example, it's uh, when, uh, when, when we are research or we are building, uh, NLP model, uh, yeah. NLP, This uh, this uh, uh, CNN model, this new uh, neural network, it's a what is it's a problem that's not not get a very good solution yet.
1: So I think it so basically it has a lot to do with the data. So basically it works with what you feed it. So if there are inconsistencies or just There are things that if the text is not rich enough obviously you would have a subpar um, i'd say a subpar uh, model and so that model will produce things that are subpar so of course you then have to identify um identify that that those inconsistencies within what Mm -hmm. is um being produced yeah, no, so um, uh, so there are like what's called uh, the hierarchy of features, where deep learning models, particularly deep neural networks, are designed to learn hierarchical representation of data. And now this means that the models can automatically learn to extract meaningful features, right from raw text data or whatever data you're trying to feed it. different level of abstraction so what for example a normal human cannot identify on their own one of these things would be the machines or the models will be able to extract that and for instance in a text classification task a deep learning model which now in relation to the nlp can learn to recognize simple features like individual words right so if those words are and not rich enough for it to put context to it, where it will have a lot of meaning. Um, then you have you now then to get um, some of um, some m- limited or so-par kind of um, you know output basically. But but it goes further to sort of get um, complex features. Within, so if, if if those those features are standard features so basically you would not want to feed your model with data that, that is um, not the best data you can have basically so I think on, on, on that regard it will be that your data should be the most effective or clear that then that you can have so as to avoid um, technical, incoherencies within what your your model produces.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, get it. Um so could you could you uh introduce or uh, highlighting some breaking throughs in this uh machine translation this uh, segment analysis or uh, language understanding of NLP
1: um so I think one of the major things are um, i think i think okay in terms of if if i want to relatively put them in the single center it would be generative ai right which is yeah one of the the birth yeah. yeah which is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, which yeah, so
0: this
1: is, is a huge Chagibity.
0: breakthrough
1: yeah yeah um uh, we could talk about bard google bard um yeah. google Bart as well is it's not mentioned a lot i don't know Chat gpt has a spotlight for this um, but Googlebot as well is is as well as another form of uh, you know language model, and basically the Bard stands for Behavior Adapted Reward via Differentiation. So, yeah. I, I I think people don't, don't really get the point where these words stand for stuff. Like it, it's it, like one would have asked what does Chat GPT means. Like like it's just nobody ever. Really, I don't know. Maybe it's it's it's. It's, it's not necessary, but I just, I think it makes sense to know some of that. Pronouns. But anyway, so, so bought as well. Um, I think there are others probably, I'm not too familiar with them, but I'm, I'm quite sure there are others that are. I, I knew there is, there's that of um, Amazon. I can't remember the name for that, but I think some, all of them, not all, but some of these um, large corporations, I do um, have their live because well, and tangibility has sort of brought this to light where not everybody wants to create their own, um, you know, breakthrough. And, and I think over the years we'll see more, more of this models being deployed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, uh, we have, we have mentioned this, uh, generative AI. Multiple times just now, yeah. So, uh, what is uh, exactly is uh, generative AI, and uh, what is uh, the role in this uh, creating this human-like content?
1: Right. So, um, generative AI. AI. So, I I, 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 okay. Let me know. Let me. But basically, what generative AI stands for. But this was what AI stands for, actually, and also the, the whole concept for generative AI is for it to have the ability to generate content autonomously. Like, so, you, it, so the idea is to leave it on, on cruise control, basically, so you have your AI having the ability to just generate text or, you know, content basically, not limited to text but well, basically, generate content with just you know inputs and basically the basic language imputation, imputations, basically. So these systems are like complex algorithms, right? Which are which often involves machine learning techniques. Um, and I've mentioned this before, but like machine learning techniques, like deep learning, to create new and original data. Oh, well, well, what looks new and original that resembles a whole lot like human generated content, and so this generative AI goes beyond this rule based systems that follow, as I've mentioned, where before you have things, for example, in chatbots where humans predetermine the questions and then answer them, and now so this generative AI goes now beyond this rule based systems and then follow these instructions and then to then, so basically get it there to produce um, novel outputs based off from existing data. Generative uh, AIs also are trained on large, 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 large chunk of data setting, various types, and uh, depending on the outcomes you want it to have. Uh, so as texts, uh, images, um you know sounds and uh, you know languages depends on whatever you want um this could be uh, okay, let me but then again once they're trained they can sort of mimic um similar things that they've been taught so things like structure things like style patterns within those data that have been fed or within, you, that we used to to model that and also for example a generative text ai could be for example now and i'll go back to chat gpt could be we be, have the ability to to be able to write um emails for example write articles write stories write poems and now this will refer back to the content and the quality of the the, the, the data that it's been fed so if it's for example been fed a lot of uh story like content it will have this ability to just on the on the go create stories or even if it's been trained with a lot of texts or images rather it have this ability to where mm, your imagination comes to life with basically describing that imagination um, and so this, and these systems are sort of versatile and can be applied in different domains and and endeavors and then, you know, and different forms of creativity and arts. So uh, I think if if, 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 if recently, I think, I don't know, I think it's still in probably the test fees, but I think uh, on Google, you have this AI autopilot where you could give it a, in your email for example you want to write an email and you can just give it a prompt or even sort of direct it to, to write an email for you so that the hassle for thinking about how to make an email formal or all that now have been, have been have been sort of helped now so and i know i mentioned this um rule-based systems and how These generative AIs have sort of transformed from rule-based systems to sort of generative models, Um, and so this is a point where the marks or the shift has been, you know, sort of identified, and so you see this as an evolution and a revolution as well as an evolution from this from the rigid um way where it's you have to tell your data to or not rather your for example your chatbot to say for example if, if if a person says i have a problem for example and then the response would be what is your problem for example and now so it's no longer that sort of responses where but now it's it has it is is more advanced like but 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 still and, and, and you call me to sign this question but in the early days there was in the early days of this ai it was not totally autonomous right it was still there was still a lot of rule-based um, applications and, and this systems were operated based on you know explicitly programmed rules where every possible scenario had been anticipated. And so it, when it gets to a scenario where they have not been anticipated, it would give you a falsified information or basically tells you, refer back to specific thing. So for example, in a rule-based chatbot, um, some developers had to create a set of if then else, elif statements, right, handle, these various user inputs. Um, while this approach could handle specific situations effectively, it's it struggle with handling things that were ambiguous, things that were you non-human know, straight and like devastating like real human um, interactions, where if if, if 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 it does not, if if it doesn't meet your if, statements, or if meet your statement, or if it doesn't meet your L statement, or if it doesn't meet your L statement. So basically, a lot of it will now boil down to going back to the L statement. where it does not know exactly what to do. So basically, give you the else condition, which, which is quite, I think, hard. Now, these generation models, which are majorly powered by um, the ML machine learning techniques, uh, specifically that I mentioned, like deep learning, now have sort of introduced this new paradigm where instead sort of sort of explicitly relying on this rules, You could just, the models could learn patterns and relationships from large data sets. And then they could infer underlying meanings and allow them to just sort of respond to different users in different ways that they could understand. Although some of the advantages that this could have brought is it brings about um, flexibility, right? Where there is no, you don't have to code in every single possible scenario-based question or condition. Uh, and so it will, the, the, the model will just have an answer related to the question it has. You know, it has given room for creativity. Um, it has given um, the machine ability to sort of understand contextual meanings, you know, and, and it gives it a lot of scalability. And now, unlike the rule based systems where there's a manual, right? That yeah, has ma- this manual feature. Yeah, for, for, for every case. Now, this models models can generalize, can give a, a generalization of from these examples, right? And skill to, uh, to handle this just. And and one could could imagine how, you know, someone you could think you've answered all the possible questions, or, of, of, of for example, for a user, but but there's always going to be that user that will come up with something new and will probably hit the point where the computer doesn't have an answer for that. But if in the now, in terms of where this generative model can come in, will be if the question looks like what it wants what it thinks the person is answering or asking it answers the person with relevant information without sticking the person out of the whole concept or context of uh what the person is you know um talking about yeah let me yeah
0: yeah when when talking about this uh, rule based system this uh, this a uh, manual me- let's say menu feature, yeah, this, manual uh, this feature this a model yeah. to to this yeah. uh, uh, deep learning model or let's say this, uh, uh, generative models what's it uh, the key what is the key for this transformation what is a key difference
1: i think for the key is the automation part where you don't have to say if this for example uh if if um if for example a user says hi for example now your response will be then your response will be hello or how are you doing or welcome to our platform or whatever answer you wanted to give but now it could be that if a user now the automation will be if the person says hi the, the machine could determine whatever outcome or output basically without any preconditioned um, conditions attached to that. So it could be it could be anything. it could say it could say hello, it could say hi, it could say how do you, you know it could be more friendly. it could depend depending on context. and so there's no there's no to say you have to answer it this way. You just have to read the context of the input and then determine how the output will be. So basically, I think if I will use one word for that, it would be automation or autonomous rather.
0: Yeah. And, uh, uh since now there's a uh, generative AI, it's uh, not, not only limited to GDP. It's uh, like other, uh, image generator or there's uh, others, uh, even music generator. this uh, this all yeah. generative AIs, how, how they impact on uh content creation or uh writing or even this uh, music ma- making this uh, this stuff how how the impact of this? Should show, yeah, so show some think, show some example. Yeah. Yeah, so
1: I think um this uh I I think we spoke about this last week where we thought of talked about um this taking out jobs but uh they have Profound impact, like on uh, uh, imaginable impact, rather in terms of the impact they have on several fields, um, sort of content creation and stuff like that, and and, and I'll say that they have transformed the way that content is being created, or you know generated, and, and basically how it's consumed, and so in terms of content creation and i've sort of mentioned um i've so well i've sort of talked about a bit about um article writing right where this generative ai's have this ability to generate content from scratch to the end based off on Whatever it is, you feed it. So platforms now, a lot of platforms are powered by generative AI assistants, right? Um, I I'm, 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 I I've used Google's Bard integration in Google Word, a uh, Google Doc rather. Sorry, um, where you could give it context and openers and stuff like that, and generate, um Articles for you, you know, it could generate stories for you, it could generate um, reports for you. So there's no limitation to what, in terms of content creation, where this, 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 um, generative AI can't be applied. Uh, it could create um, scripts for, for plays, it could create scripts for movies, it creates create lyrics for music, It so it, I think in terms of content creation and in terms of oh okay so also there are these fields of um uh what's called the marketing marketing copies or copywriting and so now you have a tool that could give you you know this um compelling marketing um content right for advertisements for social media posts it knows context and so you just basically give it context, um, and it will do the rest for you. So, I think in this regards, it's 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 now questions or boils down to your to your creativity, basically. Um, in terms like creative writing, we've seen a lot of content over the last. I think between last year and now, currently, we've seen a lot of there's been an increase in terms of content that's been published uh for example if you go on 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 amazon a lot of books are now created a lot of them um based on the advent of this um this 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 software Uh or this 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 platform basically uh you have I, I know i've tried I've, I've tried it although it's not very um deep or coherent but i know it does try to, to some level if you wanted to generate a poetry for you or you know to create a story for you it has it has a sort of a singular way where it approaches it but it's still the, but at the end of the day i think it depends on your creativity and how well you have mastered the use of this uh this 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 machine um yeah. lyrics it could write a lot of lyrics for you <laughs> i mean if you want if if, if you wanted to, to to make a music uh it could it, it maybe probably give it uh the context the the storyline of the music and the, the the whole emotional trajectory you want to, to go down and I, I'm pretty sure it will. It will. It will generate something for you. You might not like it. You might have to work in it and stuff like that. But I think I think there's that application in that aspect. Um, we have seen. Uh, I think with the GPT-4, you have this ability to generate visuals. Um, you can see uh, this, you know, graphic, graphics where you can create logos and icons, you know, infographics. A lot of things. Um, and I think I've seen demonstration where it sort of it was given all those images where they were so some part of the images were taken out, and based off of the data it has, it knows how to create exactly the thing that was taken out out of those pictures. So it could it could um, assume there is a word assume different contexts. So it could be this, it could be this. So for example, large paintings of, let's say, for example, Picasso that has, for example, had problems. You can now, that have been, let's say, for example, washed away or something, and it's not apparently clear what was there. Now you can have these models. And then the question of ethics and all that comes in, but I think in just terms of, in terms of, the literature, or in terms of the academics of it, it could do that. It could, you could apply this abuse cases in things like video games, production, you know, you talk about, you could generate things like, for those who play games, I know they know the uh, the non playable characters, the NPCs, where you could just, so they could generate a lot of content for, for the dialogues that the NPCs have, where you could even help create the, the the gaming environment, you know, the characters, if, for example, there's a quest game, the kinds of quests it goes on, if it's a mission game, the kind of missions to go on, you know, just different context. Uh, and one of the things is the ability for it to, to have, you know, angles that maybe a human might not be able to do that. Uh, another use case, I think, or, or, or the, Will be uh, and it has been over in play, but I think now it's making it more efficient is in terms of language translation. Generative AI is only one of the things that's done is that's redefined um, language translation. I think there's still more work to be done, but I think in terms of that, it is it, it's it's still it's still in its baby stages. I'd say so and and now you can find real time translation happening where something in another language is going on and there is a real time translation for for that so that, that 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 makes a lot of sense um and then as well i don't know there is what's called computational neuroscience where now it's used is used, used uses um, basically neural networks trying to understand languages of the past. And, and so one of the things that these models will do is that it, it translates things or languages of the past that no one speaks right now, right? And then, and and I've seen studies that have, sort of have advancements with that regards. And I think so. those are some of the things that I, I would like to talk about in terms of the, the advancements or examples that, that mm-hmm. the um, AIs have
0: impacted on yeah it, it is it is and uh um speaking about this uh this uh generative AI, it's uh it's a uh, influence this uh, con- content creating uh no matter it's a writing or or this uh photo pics or something it's just uh the news the the hollywood stop sp- stop working they they for this uh, month is just due to ai there's no ai writing the story no ai writing the script i think yeah
1: uh, yeah it's yeah. a
0: kind of um for them of course there's a uh, ai generative where where uh, yeah this is a, a topic of lo- last episode It uh really mm-hmm. will make someone uh, lost a job it's uh, who just oh I insist uh, writing with a pen, with a paper. But uh, yeah yeah in a, in another way that uh uh if you have enough enough knowledge, enough this imagination or this a uh, this a uh, thinking enough AI is a very good tool. This generative AI is really good to to make your uh make your idea come true to become a creation in a shorter yeah. time yeah it's a yeah. saving time yeah i think so yeah yeah, yeah. um let's go back to chat gdp That's, uh, since uh, everyone is using it it's mostly used this uh, this uh, how how does uh, this uh, chat gdp it's uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's uh, from its development to this uh, advanced generative ai models what what yeah. is the journey? What how it become like this?
1: Yeah, so I think I think that this the journey from you know, chat GPT to advanced um generative models is, is sort of a testament kind of to the evolution of um the artificial intelligence and the remarkable of the remarkability and the potential it has to shape in the uh, human computer interaction. Um this this journey would or this journey rather showcases you know the in the the progress made and some of the challenges that that might be faced or sort of challenges that could be faced. And so in terms of the, the evolutionary capacities or capabilities um since the advancements rather of, or since ChatGPT was launched, you know, it sort of introduced the world to the concept of conversational AI. And while it was still probably in in theory before we decided to embark on that journey. And now now we've seen this, you know, advance where texts, um, coherent text responses um is 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 possible but also initially it would it could have limitations in in terms of context um understanding so it could not necessarily um understand the context probably could not necessarily understand the relevance of the question and the the coherence overextended um, conversations. Now yeah. it has we've seen but it is somehow sort of laid down the foundation for subsequent advancement and and so and so before the chat GPT that is of course and now with the launch of the chat GPT three model we've seen you know the uh, sort of if I'd use the word quantum leap in, in, in its capacity and its capabilities now this this chat GPT and its likes sort of exhibited deeper understanding for context and which before before this the degenerative AI um had struggled with stuff like that although although I saw a those i can't remember if it was I, I know anyways i saw i saw i saw someone talking about how currently still at open ai um some some of the answers are still manual i i cannot confirm that i don't know what in OpenAI, ai but but i think it's still it's still um it's it sort of leap into this capacity and, and the possibilities of this generative models, You can see now that they have this sort of deeper understanding of context. So sort of, which gives them the ability to hold meaningful conversations. And so it does not um, sound out of place. You, you're having a conversation. I know people, uh, probably a bit sad, but I know people that chat with, um, with um chat GPT models. Well um what the models basically AA APIs powered APIs that's powered APIs that's, and so they, they just chat with them. Uh, a bit sad but I mean I so this basically to show that it's, it's sort of understand context and it gives them the ability to sort of hold conversations no matter even though it's It's not humans, right? They can now generate longer responses, you know, they can mimic writing styles. And this, all those things were not possible with, you know, with the initial generative models. And now you can see furthermore, you know, these models showcase some level of remarkability, remarkable adaptability to various domains and languages. Uh, I, I don't know the limitation to the languages that ChatGPT can translate to. Although there, are, of course, are or could be some level of um, um, incorrectness. But I think to to display that level of versatility is one of the advantages or the advances of the evolution that this um, ChatGPT has come. Some of the challenges, you know, um, so things like scaling up this, for example, the Chat GPT, ChatGPT 3 posed um, you know, it posed significant computational challenges due to the massive, massive number of parameters involved. You know, handling biases in training data and, and generative content. So this 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 were you know critical problems and ethical problems probably, and so these models are going to, to reflect reflecting some some biases present in the training data. So obviously some of the challenges would be how do how do you ensure that the bias is sort of mitigated or reduced to a significant level within, and and this cannot be absent with within the data available. So of course you see that so those were like one of the challenges that we were were encountered. Another challenge that was encountered during this uh, during this development would be ensuring that the AI understands and respects you know user instructions accurately and as because it's easy for and i've seen this quite a number of times using uh chat gpt where if you <laughs> give it an instruction it sort of gives you a wrong thing that you asked it <laughs> but then it says and this was the earlier days it's more it's less common now in the early days you could give it an instruction and to give you something off topic but at the end of the day to will, will, will apologize for it for giving you that information that so because and so trying to understand user inputs because this could easily lead the models to, 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 to give you falsified information and obviously it would give you it would be undesirable to yourself. Some of the other things or the challenges are you know maintaining user privacy, you know, and, and ensuring data security wise as well. Protecting or processing some amount of data, a lot of sensitive information that goes into this. So there's a lot, there's a lot of ethical problems. Our constitutions, I think, are still not answered. Um, this data generating companies. Um, so I, I think, or as is common with. You know inventions and stuff. You know, I think we currently got some things that uh, AI and you know other AI companies focus, you know, focus on redefining this model architectures and how they they sort of approach certain things. You know how they're optimizing training methods and incorporating human feedback loops to sort of iteratively improve the models. So where there's no, they're not, they're not saying we're working, are here, we're comfortable, but it's always trying to see how to improve this, this models. Um, techniques like fine tuning and then prompt engineering were also introduced in a way to enhance control or the control over generated content and to improve its relevance.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for for this uh, this uh, intro, introduction to AI. Uh, this especially the GDP's journey. And um, last last question is: uh, What do you think the future or the outlook of this generative AI?
1: Um, well, I think if if and I've sort of make reference to the last conversation we had um i don't think it's going to take work like the whole scope of work, work. It will not take it will take obviously vast. with every era there's going to be jobs that will become obsolete uh but also as well it will be the creation of new jobs that being said i i think generative AIs will continue to evolve um i don't think this is it i think there's still uh some level of innovations left. Um I think they are just interesting, you know, things that are left to be seen. Some of the things that I think would a lot of uh human uh, let's say intelligence will be required on will be ethical considerations. Um and then so this will we will see a lot of that we'll see a lot of increasing roles towards that angle. Uh and that's what some of the Points will be that how do they mitigate, you know, biases? How how do these companies, you know, sort of improve transparency and ensure that data is not for 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 selfish or terrible, you know, motives and stuff like that? And and, and a lot of I think uh, work kind of will be to ensure the, or how to ensure that. You know, some sort of, some some guidelines or guiding principles are, are developed for you know the responsible use of AI. Uh, I think we'll also see some potential, um, you know, uh, development of or specialized models that related to specific or which are industry specific or you know task specific. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of um, uh, those generative AIs being done. Uh, yeah. I know there are a couple of them being developed currently. I cannot uh, recall the name. But I know there is a company I saw um, I saw I can't remember the name. But what it does is for example, it works like Zoom. but I think it's an integration with with all those, you know, uh, meeting platforms where you integrate it and what it does it's, it takes down your minutes for, for the meetings it takes down key points it gives, it does what uh, so for the admin it does a sentiment analysis it gives it user you know, user, user. so it does a sentiment analysis on the text or, or the speech and then it It gives the admin answers to to the sentiments related to that. Of course, there's some consideration in terms of ethical, how ethical that is. But I think some use cases of that will be probably in schooling and and educational platforms. Um, I think going forward, we will see things like um, collaborations, a lot of it. And and I think I mentioned something around that line with um, between the humans and and, and the intelligence, or the artificial intelligence, where and, and this will bring about you know new new inventions and new um, developments. Also, yeah. it will be integrating you know human expertise, right, and to define some of those responses and ensure accuracy that would uh, uh, lead to the advancement for the of this. Of this, of this um, intelligence, I think, I think going forward, it will be a lot of integration between humans and uh, it, sort of uh, integration between humans and machines, and I think having beautiful inventions and you know innovations. Yeah,
0: it it is. I think. Uh... I think, yeah, generative AI, we, we have a very bright future that uh, it can change a lot of things and a lot of, a lot of ways that things work. It, 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 yeah. it is true. Yeah. And uh, I think this is all the questions I have for today. So, uh, anyone got any question from here? Hi, Caleb, Chris, and, uh, still, yeah, I want. I wanted to ask how AI models are trained. Like, what what is the technique
1: they use in training these AI models? What are the techniques? Okay, okay. If I'm, I'm not sure I get the testing completely, but I think it's uh, so it depends on how you want it, how you want. So I know there's there's the supervised learning where you're supervising how the machine responds to, to what you're feeding it. Um, there's also the way there's unsupervised learning where you allow the machine to make derivations or sort of understanding for itself of how how of the model of the data sets or the data you're feeding it there's reinforced learning which is sort of combination of supervised and unsupervised here you're, you're sort of uh, you're sort of guiding probably the the edge where it doesn't go out of the scope of what you want it to be but you're allowing it to within those confines to sort of make sense of of the data yeah, i don't know if that answers of the question no no you answer please. all right thanks for your question sir
0: yeah thank you kelly thank you better for asking and uh mm, what about chris and steel do you have a question or anyone from the uh Zapstream. Thanks again. Yeah. This is uh, all we have for today. Thanks, Balu. Thank you for sharing Thank and uh, for for this uh, uh, wonderful journey from ALP to CHATGDP and uh, this uh, generative AI. So stay tuned for next episode, guys. And uh, this is uh, episode ten of Homebox Show of Yaki Hong. And uh, welcome to join out our community and welcome to following us, no matter from ZappStream or from Nostra or from Twitter, anywhere, and welcome to try yakihong.com. It's a very cool, very cool and a very, very smooth writing and uh, posting platform client, this long, long form posting client. Thank you. This is all for today. See you next time. Thank you.